What up, homies? Welcome back to the Hot Links Golf Gambling Podcast here on the Outkick Bets Podcast feed. It's Jeff Clark, and I'm back here with my fellow golf gambling buddy and Outkick colleague, Dan Z. Dan, you've been red hot in these survivor pools and the survivor pool that me and you are in. I can't wait to hear your picks for the U.S. Open. Hopefully, you can... Help me shake some things loose because I've been struggling lately again after hitting Emiliano Grillo at the Colonial. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's actually been a while since I've been on the on the pod, which is too bad because your listeners missed out on my Victor Hovland at the Memorial, which was my most recent score. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even do a, a podcast with the Charles Schwab, which is the last tournament that I won. So we've pretty much given out no or. I've given out no winners in a long time. Uh, not in audio form, in written form. I hit Emiliano Grillo. So good to get back here, uh, connect with you for the 2023 U.S. Open. It's at Los Angeles Country Club uh, in my neck Great. of the woods. You going? I am not going. No way. I, I can't believe you're not going. Not after they sold out to, to the Saudi Arabia fund. Oh, anyway. you don't care about that. Get I out don't of here. care about that. I don't. You just want to sit on your couch. You don't want to get up. Jeff's Jeff's general rule of thumb on, you know, is he going to partake in an event is, is it occurring within 100 feet of my couch? Because otherwise, I, it's going to take a lot to get me there. It pretty much needs to be in Long Beach, California, if I'm going to go there. That's a guilty how, as charge. I hate leaving Long Beach. How long would it take you to get to LACC, like, to Thursday, let's just say, with everyone... Because it's you gotta Let's imagine traffic's gonna be terrible. Yeah, traffic is always bad um, in LA, and supposedly I don't drive very often because you know I work from home and I don't have to. But all my friends said that it's like worse than pre-pandemic. Actually, like it's terrible right now. Wow. Um, it is a from my place. It's thirty-two miles. So it's an hour right now, and we're recording at one forty Pacific Standard Time. Mm. It's a hike. Was it the four hundred five all the way there? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Terrible. You I need and- you. I need you on Thursday morning, like when it's starting, to just like throw it into ways and just like post on Twitter. Like I could go to the U.S. Open right now, but here's how long it would take me to get. 30 miles in LA right now. It's going to be like an hour and a half, I'm guessing. Oh, for sure. Dude, I used to make this trip. This isn't too far from the the Fox Studio lot. Um actually, it's pretty close, yeah. I used to I used to uh have to commute from Long Beach to the Century City Fox Studio lot when I was uh working part-time as a freelancer there, and it would take me two and a half hours each way oh yeah absolutely actually two and a half hours back because i would leave the office around three thirty-four. but to go there i would leave at like 5 a.m so the traffic wouldn't be as bad but i'm leaving at 5 a.m and still the traffic wasn't great yeah it's brutal um every everything that you guys hear about the la traffic i can confirm um, which is a big reason why I'm going to the, not going to the Los Angeles Country Club. And the other reason is something Dan already hit on. I hate leaving Long Beach and specifically my couch. Um, 
because there isn't any football or basketball, I don't really have that much of an excuse to not go to this, but I'm still not going to go. I'm still not going to go. Um, I will say Apple TV's ESPN app does a cool feature where you could grid four different games or four different ESPN um, views on your big screen through the Apple TV app. So I'm going to, if it is on ESPN Plus, I think it is, I'm going to be able to watch four different feeds, which for a gambler like me sounds sounds really good. Plus, dude, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be following these golfers around, walking around. Like, why would I want to work out? Fuck that. Here we go. You could just park at one hole. That's the way to do it. I've never been to That's a golf tournament. You're going to the Travelers next week, right? I will be at the Travelers on Friday and Saturday. Did you tell anyone at work that you're going to be going? Are you going to have to do anything work related, or is it just for pleasure? No. I don't know if I should say this publicly, but they denied my credential. So I did not get a media credential, even though I tried. Um, but I had already purchased tickets for Friday because my buddies and I always go. It's like one of our things we do. And this year we actually stepped up. We normally just get the grounds tickets where you can you know, just walk the grounds. But this year we paid the extra money to get the Mohegan Sun Club, which comes with like a place to sit, lunch, you know, some drinks, like a basically – you know, cuts down on the lines too for, um, you know, like concessions and stuff. And then there's a couple different, there's a couple spots on the course where they set up where you have access to that you can sit and watch a hole. So I'm going to be there probably all day Thursday. And then I have, or sorry, uh, Friday. And then I have uh, just regular grounds tickets for Saturday because after they denied my credential, they were like, but we can offer you some free tickets. And I was like, all right, I'll take them. So um, I think me and the wife are going to go Saturday, probably just for a few hours. How much do the Mohegan Sun Club tickets cost? They're like 200 bucks, I think, something like that. A piece? Yeah. No shit. But you said you get food, drinks, and stuff? Yeah, it comes with lunch, uh, two drink tickets, and then you can you can purchase it. The, I believe that includes two alcoholic beverages, and then you can purchase more from there. But like, bro, the extra hundred bucks to not have to carry a chair, which is such a pain in the ass, and to have a place to sit like in the shade, is definitely worth it. Yeah, because there's not there's not a ton of shade on the course. And we're professionals now; we can afford it. We're not in our college days anymore, where these type of two hundred dollar purchases would break the bank. To be Especially honest with you, because you, you're killing it in the golf betting lately. Yeah, to be honest with you, I used my Victor Hovland memorial money to pay for it. So, <laughs> man, hove baby, paying off, paying for travelers tickets. Well, why do they deny your your press pass uh, access I, or request? They just said that they got more requests, media requests than they've ever had, and I got to think it has a lot to do with the fact that. First of all, there's not a ton going on up here. So, like, East Coast media members who can't make it to the U.S. Open probably are trying to go to this. Mm. And then it's a full-field event. You know, it's an elevated event. So, everyone's going to be there. And then, of course, the live news. So, you know, golf is in the spotlight. So, I think it just was a it was a timing thing. For sure. Yeah, perfect storm. Yeah, it's probably going to be sick. Are you going to be able to handicap it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll come back next week with some Traveler's Picks. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we're playing the house money. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Let's get into this because I got a I got a lot for the dude. I fucking love golf majors. Like I just I love them and I love the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is my favorite major. I I get the master stuff and all that, but like 
I like that it's at a different course every year. Um, it's America, baby. Like, 4th of July is coming up. It, it happens in June, in the summer. Like, there's not a lot of other sports going on. It's a hard golf tournament. Like, it's just, it's a great golf tournament. I love it. I'm very excited. I have so many. I, I'm in a pool. I got some DFS lineups. I got some bets. Like, I, I got everything. Yeah, I got bets. I'm working on head-to-heads right now. I'm obviously doing a Survivor Pool season-long event um, or contest with you. I'm also doing your U.S. Open Pool, which I still got to sign up for and pay you the money for. But either way, you know, I'm going to be – I'm locked into that mentally already. And I am biased towards the Open because I've hit back-to-back Open champions. But this event is sick. Not saying it just because it's in my backyard, but I've done so much course research and it looks like just an awesome course that I think a lot of different a lot of different golfers have a chance to win at. My initial thought was there's no way you you um I you need to be long off the tee to, to contend here. But I think with the firm and fast conditions of the fairway and just how slopey and and and, and crazy the elevation changes are at this course i think it's going to open it up to a lot of players so i'm interested in hearing what's on your card i think we just don't know i mean i think that's i mean when you use a course that's never hosted an event before we just don't know we have no real good information and like you said you know i as we always do i tended to lean towards ball strikers because i feel like with the fairways being with with so much undulation in the fairways like guys are going to be hitting balls from the fairway that are below their feet above their feet like it's going to be hard to make contact with the golf ball even if you're in the fairway so you need guys who consistently strike the ball well i think to have a chance so i you know could somebody down the card get a little hot and make a run maybe but i it's just tough to envision someone who's not you know amongst the top 15 to 20 in the odds hoisting the trophy at the end of the at the end of the weekend well, let's let's work backwards on this. What's the furthest or the longest shot you have on your card? I mean, I took a couple long shots just because I get bored and I like to do that. Um, I bet Sam Bennett because he was so great at the ma- uh, at yeah. the Masters for me, um, and he's five hundred to one. I don't expect him to win. I threw five bucks on it to win twenty five hundred, um, but he's actually an excellent ball striker. So. Uh, no placement, bet. like not going to do like $5 to make the cut or $10 a top 40 just so you can maybe free roll on that one. I know that's not usually your style, but I mean. I did bet him top 10 as well at uh, 28 to <laughs> okay. 1. All right, cool. <laughs> Go Sam Bennett. Uh, let's see. I bet Eric Cole top 5 at 30 to 1. Love Eric Cole. I got Bryson at 60 to 1 a week ago. So he's actually 40 to one now. So I got a good, good piece of that number. Cause uh, like I said, I bet him at 60 to one and he's now all the way up to 40 to one. I think and our, I also got, I think our colleague Mark uh, Harris got him at 45 to one. A lot of people are on Bryson. Uh, my boss, our boss, my boss, Clint is also on, on Bryson. So I, I've heard a lot of people back in Bryson here. I mean, if he's healthy, this is the, I mean, U.S. Opens are set up for him. I mean, they just are. It's it's exactly like he's he made news when it was, you know, the Masters, like, oh, this is a par 67. But that course requires, like, perfect placement all the time. And I think, you know, you said 
you're you're discounting distance a little bit just because of the firm and fast fairways, and that makes sense. But they're also wide, and the rough isn't super penal. So if he's just going to uncork 350 yard drives, that's going to put him in some spots that other people can't get to. So while guys who don't have the distance might still be able to compete, it doesn't mean that guys who do have the distance aren't going to still gain a massive advantage by being 20, 30 yards ahead on several of these very long holes because there are some long holes on this golf course. Well, I'll give you something you're probably interested in in getting down on. I think I'm going to fade Bryson DeChambeau in a head-to-head. It's nothing personal. Uh, Justin Rose at DraftKings is minus 120 over Bryson DeChambeau. And I feel like every time I bet Justin Rose this year, I've made money. Um, I do... I do subscribe to the belief that a lot of the other like golf gambling uh, guys on Twitter have said that this is going to be like a thinking man's course, and there's a lot of weird angles and a lot of different approach shots you can take to... Uh, Bryson's a scientist, bro. He's a uh, mad scientist. I was actually just about to say Bryson strikes me as dumb, and I don't think he's going to be able to outthink this course. I'm with you. He can, he can overpower it, and you got six monster par fours of 480 yards plus. And if this dude's really crushing it 350, then yeah, that does give him a leg up. But I mean, a lot of these tee shots and approach shots are blind. They're into elevated greens. And Justin Rose is just really having like a throwback season to a time that I don't even remember because I don't, I didn't follow golf that long, but I think at one time he was what a top five, top ten player in the world. He, he was number one. He was number one. Okay, um, not that good now. But I mean, if you look at his results recently, again, he's just he's been playing his ass off. Um, I talked myself out of betting him last week. I have a different strategy than you. If I bet someone, I'm also usually going to take them in placement markets. He finished eight at the RBC Canadian, which was a little disappointing for him, considering I think he went into the final round second. But he would have made me money. He was 12th at the Charles Schwab, 9th at the PGA Championship, 16th at the Masters, which I do think is a comp course of the Los Angeles Country Club, 6th at the Players. He's playing really well. Bryson um, Bryson played well at the uh, PGA Championship, but missed the cut at the Masters. Um, was 8th at the Open, but that's like the furthest the shot link data goes back because he, you know, playing on the Live Tour. But. I just yeah, like is, all the. He's an uh, interesting, he wasn't number one that long ago. I mean, he was number one in the world. 2018. 2018. Yeah, 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 18. And actually, he really only fell out because he switched. This was a big deal when it happened. You wouldn't know this, but he switched from TaylorMade to Hanma. Like, he signed a massive deal with Hanma to use their clubs. And they that? canceled. Exactly. It's a gyp- and they Okay. And they canceled his deal because he fell from number one to number 14. But he fell from number one to number 14 because he was using Hanma clubs. So then after they canceled the deal, he went back to TaylorMade and finished third at the U.S. Open. The very next major, he finished third. So that was a that was like a big thing that he fell using their clubs. Interesting. kind of like – I can't remember who it was. Somebody signed a deal with like Volvic to use Volvic golf balls at some point and just – I, I'll have to look it up, but well, yeah. Spoiler alert, this guy's going to be on my card, but Patrick Cantley was going through an equipment change earlier this year. That's why he was kind of slow at the gate early in the in the PGA Tour season. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. I didn't – obviously, I didn't know that, but, I mean, Justin Rose is gaining strokes 
over the last five tournaments. Um, tee to green plus five point six, even off the off the tee plus four and approach plus one point seven around the green plus one point eight per event put- putting. So he's got it I all like- working. I like Rose, and I'm using him in uh, one of my DFS lineups. I think I'm using him in one of my pool lineups. I, I wouldn't take that head-to-head because I like I just I like both of them. Okay. So I just I don't like the head-to-head because I like them both. But Fair I'm enough. not anti. I'm definitely not anti Justin Rose for this tournament. All right. The uh, longest shot that I have on my card is I can't pronounce his first name, but it's Tom Kent, and they're no longer t- calling him Tom Kent on DraftKings. Which is funny because they used to call him Tom Kim on DraftKings. I remember because every time I saw him, uh, his odds, I always think, like, man, this guy is way too pricey right now. Uh, This is technically his second season on the PGA Tour, but really his first full season. Played in the President's Cup, won the Wyndham uh, back in August, I believe. Um, Won this year at the uh, Shriners. Um, so he does have true win equity. The Shriners is a West, um, not West Coast, but um, golf course out West, out in out in Las Vegas. So it's a, a desert style course that is going to be pretty similar to, to Los Angeles Country Club. Obviously, not nearly as difficult as Los Angeles Country Club, but you know, I, I, there's a few stats that he really pops in that I'm kind of um, hitching my wagon to. One is his his uh, driving accuracy, he's 13th in good drives gained, which which blends accuracy and distance. Not very long off the tee, but he's accurate. And given how firm and fast these these fairways are going to be, he can get some rollout in those balls um, off the tee. And he's really good with long irons. Uh, I believe he's top 10 in this field uh, from 200 yards out with the iron. Again, he does have win equity. He's terrible putter, as a lot of these guys are, but he has proven that he can get with hot with the putter. Um, I also got him a top 20, I think, plus 350 odds. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, he was uh, 16th at the Masters this year, which is, again, a comp course to the Los Angeles Country Club, and it was his first Masters. 23rd last year at the U.S. Open, which was an awesome tournament. And um, <laughs> and uh, and another Gil Hands design course. So that's the first guy I got on mine, my card. Who else you got on yours? Too many numbers, bro. I'm eh. like I'm I'm getting a headache over here. All right, all right, take it easy. <laughs> I can't follow when you start when you start rattling off stats. Yeah, I just I like gotta, to go. I with, just gotta go machismo. I like to go with like I get I say who I'm going with and you go why and I go because that's just I'm feeling it. Okay. I'll try to I'll try to pair you. I am, uh, yeah. So I told gave you my kind of long shots. Like I said, I like Sam Bennett and Eric Cole, both guys who I like um, in pool format and DFS format. When you're trying to save some salary, or if you're doing it in a in a tier, um, you know, I I'm back in Ricky Fowler here. I don't necessarily think he's going to win, but I can't I can't have him win and me not have bet bet on it. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm happy to donate the $10 just so that he doesn't win and – or he doesn't, yeah, win, and then I didn't have it because I'll be furious because Ricky's my guy. He's a, he's a fucking dude. He is a, he's, he's the dude. Like, he's the homie. And look, I, I think he's got season. a shot here. I think he's got a shot here. I mean, he has been incredibly consistent. I think the fact that he got cut at the PGA is – 
depressing his odds a little bit for how well he's been playing in his last eight tournaments. He's finished top 20 seven times. The only one was the miscut at the PGA. Like a guy who's finishing top 20 that consistently being at nearly 50 to one, it's crazy to me. So, I mean, I know he hasn't won in a long time. He's never won a major. I get all that. So that's, that's depressing the odds, but you know, Ricky Fowler can compete and I hope he does. I really do. So I'm, I'm back in Ricky. Um, another one I like in, like, he's very cheap in DFS, like on DraftKings, he's like 7,500, which is mid range. And I think that's way too low for his salary. I might do um, a DFS lineup. I almost never do. Yeah. Give it a shot. It's kind of fun. And then Dude, you get to, you crushed the Memorial, like crushed uh, the Memorial but, and you weren't no, even close is... to the money. I, I feel like I'm missing part of the story. Cause when you told me your lineup, I was like, "Oh my god, dude! Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna win like ten G's here? Like, what's gonna happen?" You're like, "Oh, I won eighty bucks." I was like, what? The yeah. Wait a second, what? How did so, that happen? Now I'm just kind of like, I'm scarred. Like, I don't want to do it. Well, there's a ton of different DFS formats, right? Like, you could do one of the ones that's like a double up, where it's you know, if you you if it's a fifty dollar contest, if you finish in the top fifty percent, you get a hundred bucks. So you're just trying to, you know, have a slightly above average lineup. I mean, I go for the big money, right? So I play in the like tournaments where, you know, there's 50,000 players and for 20 bucks, first place wins half a million dollars or whatever it is. I like playing in those, but you, I mean, it's essentially a lottery ticket. So you bring up the memorial because this was just one of the saddest days of my life. Um, I did have a great lineup, a headline by Victor Hovland. (laughs) And you won money. I did quad. It was a twenty dollars entry, so I did quad up, so to speak. I won eighty dollars on a on a twenty dollars entry, but I made one mistake, and that's what that's what kills you. Like you, you pretty much have to have a perfect lineup in order to win the to to really win a ton of money. And I was one pick away, and it was Denny McCarthy who who faced Hovland in that. And I love Denny McCarthy. I've talked about him on this podcast. I use him in DFS all the time. And if I had just used him instead of, and I can't even remember who the who I used. Ben it on. was exact. Yeah, it was Ben. Another on. guy you it, like, though. I do like them both, and I this time I went with on instead of McCarthy, and they were about the same salary. If I had just made that one switch, I would have won twelve thousand dollars, like literally twelve thousand dollars. What's the first prize, or what was first place? Uh, it was at least a hundred grand. Because that's I don't know. Like there, it is dumb luck, but the the, the same guys kind of crush DFS. You know, they have like DFS world competitions and stuff like that. Well, they that. do. So it's tough because, and they've tried to get rid of this, but a lot of these dudes like have bots and shit that just like optimize their lineups. Yeah. So like the dude who wins had like twenty lineups in it, and one of them have you know I don't do that. I put I put in one usually, maybe two. Sometimes I'll throw in two. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like I don't have. You know, at 20 bucks a pop, if you're throwing in 20 lineups, that's, you know, you're committing 400 bucks to DFS, and I, I don't want to do that. So I put in two for this tournament. Just uh, the, it's a $25 entry for the millionaire. Uh, for but this it's tournament. capped, right? On the Meaningful. entrance. Like it's I like 10,000 entries? No. Well, how many people can enter? 140,000. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. So for this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Then you do kind of have to be perfect. Fair enough. All right. And you can enter up to 150 times. And again, some of these people will do that. Like 150 entries at 25 bucks a pop is $3,700. Yeah. 
I mean, but there's again, whales in DFS, like like yeah. almost like shark uh, poker sharks. Like there, there are whales that are playing this who are who do that, I'm, but are are very successful. I mean, if you do 150 lineups, at least one of them has to finish in the top 15 for you to profit out of 140,000 entries. Uh, first place is a million bucks, plus you get a uh, I don't know, you get a ticket into one of their like you know crazy tournaments. But second place, 150 grand. But like it starts tapering off, like you said. You know, I won 80 bucks. I finished in probably like maybe like 1300th place out of 100. Like I finished in the top 1% is what I did yeah. and won $80. Yeah, that's to me. I it... beat 99% of the entries and won $80. Yeah. When I hear it that way, I was like, oh man, maybe it's not worth it. But it's good to have like another sweat. But, but like I, I said, I, you I'm going to have try... a lot going on too. You don't have to do the big tournaments. Like you could do, like I said, they have double ups where you just have to finish in the top half. You could do a head to head against one other person. I know. Where you, that. All right, well, that's okay. pretty much betting you. I do that already. Like, how do I? Why am I gonna? I don't know. I don't need to go to DraftKings for that. Um, but no, I, I hear you. I, I'm just saying, like, what interests me is these big payout tournaments that you play. But then when I heard you do so well and only quad up to eighty dollars, kind of like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't even have FOMO about this. But I was one pick, one minor swap away from twelve grand. That's what keeps you coming back, man. It's that. Fair it's enough. That. And it's a guy that you usually have money on, so that's, that's even right. more. That's right. So, and I told you this. Like there, like I'll always go back and look. Like, all right, where did I make my mistakes? And you know, I've had a bunch of lineups in this exact situation where it's like if I swapped this guy for this guy, but if it's a guy I wasn't even considering. Like, I don't get mad at myself. So I'm like, I wasn't going to pick him. Like, that that didn't cross my mind. Like, yeah, that would have been great if I did that, but I wasn't going to do it. This was Denny back. Like, this was one of my yeah. guys. Yeah. That's what's frustrating. Because I did consider him in that spot. Fair enough. Um, and I like him this week, by the way. <laughs> what's his odds right now? Oh, good question. I'll I don't. I didn't. Oh, he's not a guy. Same as not, uh, Tom Kim, plus uh, yeah. 130 to 1. He's not a guy I outrighted. I don't think he's going to win this tournament. Um, but he's another one I like in pool format, DFS format, those kind of things. Like maybe I could, I would consider a top twenty on him, but you know I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But I do. I like his consistency, and he's also quietly like a really goddamn good golfer. Like everyone just sort of looks at him as like he's the guy who putts, which he does. He's an incredible putter. He's the best on tour. But, like, if you just look at his stats, he's top 50 in, like, every strokes gained category. Driving, approach, obviously putting, scrambling. He's just not elite, really, at anything but putting. But he's young, and he picked up golf, I think you were saying, like, midway through college, right? Like, it's kind of a new sport for him. That's what the broadcast said, but then I looked at his wiki, and they said he played, like, junior golf, like, before then. So, there's questions about it. But he was a baller. I know that's near and dear to your heart. He played basketball, but he was 5'9". Yeah. So, that wasn't going to be a career for him. (laughs) No, you have to be amazing at basketball to be 5'9 and a professional. But the guy can shoot. Yeah, he won some, uh, like, a three-point shooting contest they did at the Memorial. It was, like, him, Russell Henley, Sahith Tagala, a bunch of guys, and... He Which, if you think about it, three. if you think about it, like it makes a lot of sense as to why he'd be a great putter. Like shooting threes is nothing but repeating the motion every time, like consistently repeating the motion. Yeah. That's a lot of what putting is. Is just consistently repeating the motion. Actually, yeah. the entire golf swing is really just about 
consistently repeating your motion. For sure. The only pushback is like you don't have greens to read. There's not like it's the same basketball hoop pretty much everywhere you go. I mean it is, right? So that's that's the that's the difference. Whereas like I don't know, putting to me just seems impossible. Like even when I like screw around on like the putting green at like after the driving range of my buddy, like I can't hit shit. It does fascinate me because I'm a pretty good, like I'm an 18 handicap golfer, so I'm by no means very good at golf, but I'm okay. Like I can, you know, I can go out and I don't embarrass myself and I can, I can go have a business meeting on the course with anyone and, and play golf. Um, but I am a good putter. I'm definitely like, I play with uh, two other guys. One of them's a 14, one of them's an 18 and I'm a way better putter than both of them. But like, I'll play with you. And it, like to me, putting is the easiest part of the game because all you got to do is hit, like hit the ball 20 feet. It's not like when you're standing at the tee and you got to hit it 300 yards. You got to hit it 20 feet. But you'll see people, you know, you'll introduce people to golf and it's like they'll have a 60 foot putt and they'll hit it 20 feet. Then they'll blow it 30 feet past the hole. And yeah. I'm like, I don't understand how you can't get it anywhere close to this hole. Like, I don't understand that part of it. Well, I, that's pretty much me, dude. I, I I've like never it, really played a hole of golf, though. I'm just talking about like on the putting green outside the I, driving range. But that's the thing. When I first picked up golf, like, yeah, you're, I mean, look, putting takes time and you have to get used to it, whatever. But like, I was never blowing putts by by like 30 feet, like I see people doing. And it, it's pretty common, actually. Did you play like an odd amount of miniature golf growing up? I mean, I play a lot of mini golf, but I don't know. Mini golf's totally nothing like actual putting. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do roll the rock, though. I mean, Chubbs took Cappy Gilmore to the miniature golf course to strengthen his putting. How am I I supposed to argue with that? Waterbury champion and gold jacket holder, Happy Gilmore. I feel like that's one of the few movies you've seen. I have seen that movie many, many times. (laughs) (laughs) This Denny McCarthy, Tom Kim just range is actually pretty sweet. Keegan Bradley, who I won money on earlier this year. Gary Woodland, who everyone that I know or I hear talk golf wants to bet him every other fading week. Him. Fading him. I'm not touching him. Why, why are you specifically are you fading him and how so? Are you doing it head to head or, or what? No, I just I'm not using him anywhere. I wrote I wrote up an article for Outkick. Um, you know, I didn't want to get in your lane and do the golf betting, but I did pool picks um, and I, I gave for each tier. I gave, you know, top pick, pivot pick and a player to fade and I'm fading Gary Woodland mostly because I just think he's going to be like, if you're playing in DFS or you're playing in, you know, a pool, something like that. Part of the, the strategy is to not have guys who are super popular. Now, of course, if they're popular and they play well, like you're kind of screwed, right? Cause you, now you're double whammy, but if they're popular and they play poorly and you don't have them, that's a huge advantage. So I think he's going to be extremely popular because he's a name people recognize. He won the 2019 U.S. Open. He finished top 10 in last year's U.S. Open. Um, He had a top 15 finish at the Masters. But he's just terrible at putting and scrambling. And I just think that's going to be really important this week, both of those. Like, he is horrifically bad around and on the greens. And I, I... I'm going to let other people take their shot on, on that he figures out how to putt and chip this week. Yeah, he's cost me some money in my last year and a half betting on golf with just sucking with the flat stick. Yep. So I've actually kind of been burned by him. So I, I, I usually don't fall into the Gary Woodland trap because when you when you put um, 
like uh, stroke scan approach or proximity from 200 plus in your model and you upweight it, like Gary Woodland looks like a superstar. Like, holy shit. It's like, it's like him, Rory, <laughs> John Rahm, and like Scotty. It's like, oh my God. And then when you start to filter in some of the short game stuff, that brings them down. But still, like, I think most people, like you said earlier, are geared or gravitate towards ball strikers. He's a fucking nasty ball striker. Just can't hit a putt. And if he misses a green, uh-oh. <laughs> like, you know? So I, I'm not on him. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because it's a great range. And, like, Kurt Kitayama is um, 180 to 1. I don't have any money on him. But that guy won the Arnold Palmer Invitational this year. I mean, like, Russell Henley's in that group. He finished top five at the Masters. Yeah. Yeah, plus 9,000. Right next to your boy, Joaquin Neiman. Transition? Oh, you betting so, him? Transition? No, I'm, I'm so off Joaquin Neiman. What? I couldn't, I couldn't be more off Joaquin Neiman. What did he do? How did he hurt you? He won Riviera last year, which same guy who designed originally he, the Los Angeles he, Country Club de- designed Riviera. I gave him out for the PGA as like a sleeper, and he missed the cut. You got to shake that off. Come on. You're usually <laughs> someone who shakes off that kind of that stuff. You don't, you have I a do, short and memory, actually... But- a lot of my recommendations are guys who missed the cut at the PGA, so you'd think. But also, I went and actually did look at his live stats, and he isn't playing very well. He's not playing well there. He didn't play well at the PGA. Like, he, he hasn't really done anything recently. So I, I I think his form is just not anywhere near where I, I needed to be to, to back him in anything this week. Scaling up another guy who I like. And like you said, he's in that range where there's a bunch of guys I like. So like that's Mita. another reason I'm not touching him. Yeah. Uh, no. I I'm going to get one of these guys. Who who in the range are you on? Let's let's move it along with some more I'm of your on Hen- I'm on Henley and McCarthy in that range. Like I would much rather okay. I'd much prefer either one of them over over Neiman, over Thigala, over Woodland, over Tom Kim. Like I like both of those guys much more than any of those players. Henley is pretty straight off the tee sick iron player but i feel like he's good at more like 150 yards and in and it's gonna be tough to get that close to the hole on 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 an approach shot that um you're still aiming for the green in regulation he's a ball striker he'll be fine you think i i I have no reason to not root for him so i'm pulling for him and again he made me money at the at mayakoba plus 4500 i love russell huntley um, going along to my the next player on my list here, which is all guys you're familiar with. You've heard me bet them a few times or a bunch of times. Deki Matsuyama, plus 4,500. This is your Ricky Fowler is my Hideki Matsuyama. I will say, because of my strategy, um, I do tend to make money on, on, on Hideki Matsuyama, even though he hasn't really um, contended in a tournament in a long time. Actually, probably since, like, he was threatening at the players. I mean, Scotty was running away with it, but but Hideki was charging. He ended up with a, 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 a fifth-place finish there. Last week, or excuse me, the last tournament he played was the Memorial. He was minus nine through 38 holes. You text was, me at one point, like, Hideki's in a run this shit. Like, what an epic meltdown that was. For sure. Um and it was a bummer, took, but because I bet I, him in so many ways, I ended, I made money, so I can't be that mad about it. It just sucks how it got there. Yeah, you did lose some money to me though, because we bet we took a Sunday head to head him versus Hovland, 
Yeah, and that went the opposite way. Um, obviously, Hovland won that shit. But Hideki, if if Los Angeles Country Club, if Augusta's a comp to Los Angeles Country Club, well, Hideki won the 2021 um, Masters. I also comp it to TPC Scottsdale just because of the firm and fast conditions. And, you know, it's going to be nice weather, obviously. Typical uh, waste management conditions and he went back to back at the Waste Management Open 2016-2017. Guys are going to be fighting to save par at this course. And he's one of the best scramblers in the business. I think he's sixth in scrambling in the PGA Tour this season. Eighth in stroke scan around the green. I am nervous that the rough around the green is so gnarly. Like, no one's going to be able to do anything with it. Like, there is a chance. I've heard that angle, and I don't think that's ridiculous. You got anything to say to that? No, the best players still will will have a better shot to get it close. Agreed, agreed. But I did think it was an interesting point. And like they the people that I've heard make that point did it when they were discussing Victor Hovland, because Victor Hovland's notoriously a bad chipper, but it really doesn't matter for him lately because he's not he's missing also, greens, so it doesn't matter. But he's also gotten quite a bit better at it as well. If sure. you've watched him play. He's crushing uh he's killing it putting on bent grass too lately i'm betting him so just so we're clear i don't hate it at all um the next guy on my list again another guy that i always bet colin marikawa um anytime he drifts over 30 to 1 it's an auto bet it makes a little more sense here uh considering he withdrew from the memorial with back spasms um and during the final round he was i think two strokes behind the lead so he could have won that tournament. Didn't look like anyone was going to stop Hovland. But again, only two strokes, and he's still one of the better players in the world. Uh, 35 to 1 is just too good for me to pass up. California kid crushed this course uh, at the 2017 Walker Cup. Elite iron player. Always, not always, but top 10 in the Masters last two years. Top 5 in the U.S. Open the last two years. So I feel like he's going to get there for me in a top 10 ticket, hopefully. Are you... I heard people say, "Have you? Do you have any familiarity with back spasms? Do you I mean, know anything about them? Ever have one? Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. I never have. I, I heard but, that they're like you can shake them off after a few days. Any, any truth to that? Yeah, it's I'm, but they can crop up at any point, and that's always the risk. Of course, maybe it's just like a lingering thing he has for the rest of his career. Hopefully, yeah. Not. I mean, it could possibly explain why he struggled so much recently. In which case, that would make me nervous about him. But Yeah, I do think all of that is appropriately baked in the odds, which I still think is a good number at 35 to 1. Here's and, what I think is wild, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Sorry to derail, but I'm, no. I'm very curious about this. Kepka's 12 to 1, Cantlay's 16 to 1. But their matchup is minus 110, minus 110. Me and you disagree on Kepka, I think. You think he's overrated at this point, and I think he's appropriately rated. But I think it's crazy that Cantlay has worse odds to win, worse odds to top five, worse odds to top ten, worse odds to top 20, but their matchup is dead even. You're asking questions. What is your conclusion? Because I kind of feel like if I'm going... It just feels like a misprice. Am I missing something? Like, like, like there's value on Kepka. Yeah. 
Should he not? Be, he should be favored in that. I match. agree, but I also like. I don't know. Maybe I just have too much respect for the sports books or odds makers where it feels like a trap. I know that's kind of a corny cliche thing that oh, like a lot of like sharps don't really buy into, but like they're obviously looking at all of Kepka and Cantley's odds, right? They're the favorites and they're looking at all the odds. I don't think this is that accidental. So that kind of gives me the feeling that, well, Hey, it gives me more confidence in my Cantley pick to be honest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm looking at it and I'm like, that feels fishy. Like they really want you to bet Brooks Kepka there. For sure. That that okay, we're on the exact same page there. Um, so it makes me feel better about Cantley, but if I'm being honest, like I have Kepka power rated in the top five. Top, I mean, I think he's behind Scheffler and Rom. I'd put him ahead of Rory. Um I Ooh. frankly I, I just I completely agree with his odds here. Speaking of Rory and Rom, are we back on? Yeah, I was down to to keep running it. Um, I wanted to take a, a a pause. I think at the memorial because I liked Rom there, and Rom didn't even show up. But it cost I got you money. Yeah, whatever. I got the vibe though that once I backed out of that, then it just killed it. But if you want to roll it again, I'll, I'll I'll roll it again. I'm down. Of course, I'm I'm all over John Rom in this one. By the way, I'm using him in DFS. I'm using him in pools. I'm gonna bet him outright. Um, DraftKings offered me plus 300. Well, they offered everyone plus 300 on any outright. Um, and I'm going to, and they allowed me to max bat 50 bucks. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw 50 bucks on ROM at plus 1200. Cause that's just, how do you pass up ROM at, at 12 to one here? No, uh, crushes West coast courses, even though this isn't your typical West coast course. Um, He's obviously his game fits the U.S. Open, even though it's not your typical U.S. Open course. But you know, both of those narratives combined for his 2021 U.S. Open win in Torrey Pines. I know you're probably going to scoff at this analysis, but I do think there's something to this idea that Rom, after he won the Masters, like Liv started really coming after him and threw him like offers that were just insane. And part of me thinks the messy that, like, deals. The 1.6s. Part of me thinks there's a chance that because Rom just kind of like disappeared over the last like few tournaments that he's like big events that he's played in. Like he just wasn't a factor at all. And I was like, what is going on with this? Like he couldn't putt, which was so bizarre um, because he's an excellent putter. And I don't know, like part of me thinks that after he won the Masters, like Liv started coming after him. And I think there was a lot going on just sort of like, you know, uh, if I were him, I would have been. Uh, do I take it? Do I, I mean it's three hundred million dollars, something like that? Like, you know, I, I've pledged allegiance to the PGA Tour, but how do I pass up? And now that that's off the table and that's all done, and what we're moving on from that, like, part of me thinks that that's a huge load off of Rom's plate, and that this is the tournament where he re shows up, and and I think I think there's a decent chance he's going to win this golf tournament. I'm not going to scoff at that. Um, I will say that I feel like a similar point could be made about Rory. Like he suggested in like, not about the putting, just about like the weight being on him with the whole PGA live merger thing. Cause he suggested in press conferences, I think at the PGA championship where he just had a lot on his mind and he was kind of vague. I agree, but I don't think that's over for Rory yet because I think there's still so much in the air and he's still talking about it. And you got live execs calling him a little bitch. And he's like, I still think 
with the uncertainty and in, in the position he's in. Whereas Rom's was, do I stay or do I go? And now it's like, well, there is no going now. Like that's done. So yeah. totally different scenario for Rom, who's like, that's off his plate entirely. That three hundred million dollar offer is gone. There's no more thinking about it. It's now time to just go play golf. So. I mean, I, I'm with you that it, it could have definitely been affecting Rory, but I don't know. He's kind of had this reputation for a few years now about just not being able to finish. Yeah. What's his major drought uh, up to for for years? Isn't it like eight or seven? It's been a long time since Rory McIlroy's won a major golf tournament, yeah. I'll give you the exact number in a second, but it's been a long time. 2014. What was that? Uh, it was the Open. He actually won the PGA and the Open in 2014. Won both tournaments. He is a U.S. The, Open, right? He's the only, the only, the only one he needs is the Masters. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, he won, but he won the U.S. Open 12 years ago. Like that's ancient history. Yeah. At this point. But I mean, he's won tournaments recently too. I'm with you. I'm he's, with you. Well, he's I, still one of the best five golfers in the world for sure, and that's why we're going heads up here. I, I, I still. I'm willing to lose money on him uh, before tapping out, even though I do agree Rom should be the second favorite. No Scheffler exposure for you? You couldn't get the no. plus 300 on Scheffler or didn't want to get the plus 300 extra no. on Scheffler? No. No. You can, well, first of all, you can only use it once, yeah. um, and I'm going to use it on Rom. No, I I just – Scheffler's putting is just – It's I can't. I can't do it. I cannot – believe that a player with his elite ability just cannot putt. And I worry about that on these LACC greens. I've seen some videos of how they're rolling and I think it's nuts, dude. Yeah, it's nuts. And uh, a guy who's already a little bit shaky and and inconsistent and kind of questioning his his on the green play at six now he's six fifty, six and a half to one. No, can't get there. And he's another one. Like he's gonna be the most popular picked player in the first tier for sure. So if you, you know, if you're playing in a pool or you're playing in DFS, he's going to be extremely popular. So I would rather bet that he finishes outside the top 15, in which case if he does that, then I will have been very successful in fading him. If he goes out and wins the tournament by 10 shots, which he certainly is capable of doing, then, you know, I'll tip my cap and cry myself to sleep on Sunday night. I just... His top 10 is minus 140. I uh, there's no way I would bet that. Um, well, His I'm just top not five is, is, plus one, is plus 150. They're saying like there's a 35%-ish chance that he's top five. That's insane. Oh, I think it's closer to 40. I think it would be 40, right? That would be the, the money line probability. Because minus is 200 is, I think, 67%. So... I'm oh yeah, you're right. Plus, yeah. no, you're right. Plus two hundred would be thirty three percent. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just look it up right now since I have it on me. But his imply. Oh, it's yeah, it is forty percent actually on the on the nose. Okay. Forty percent, like just barely under. One, flip a coin, and Scotty Scheffler's either in the top five or he's not. I mean, if, if you heard a golf gambling podcast, you probably already heard him talked about. Uh, heard this talked about, but I mean, his tee to green numbers are. Are frankly stupid. <laughs> yeah, bonkers. And he's gonna benefit huge from being a long hitter in this in this tournament. Like, yeah, Scotty Shuffler, Scotty Shuffler. I get it. Yeah, I'm um, just fading. That's all. 
Yeah, six and a half to one in what I think is the toughest tournament, right? Isn't it pretty much unquestionably? Because the Masters is an invitational. You got a bunch of old guys there, and I think it's a 120-person field. PGA champion. No, it's way less than that. There's only like 90 in the field at the Masters. Oh, okay. PGA championship, you got some like club pros in there that kind of dilute the field. Yeah, but the Not U.S. I mean – same with the U.S. Open, though. It's an Open. So, you know, they have qualifiers. They have a bunch of guys that are just sort of there. Okay, well, rank them out of the the majors. What do you think is the toughest? Because I kind of thought it was the U.S. Open. It's... <sighs> don't cop out. I'm trying to think. I don't know. The, the Open's tough, too. I'm back-to-back champion at the uh, champion golfer of the year. I love the Open. Final pick, I'm taking Patrick Cantley. We've talked about this for weeks. I wavered on it a little bit, but then I end up coming to my senses and betting or uh, picking Patrick Cantley. I haven't bet him yet. Um, thank God, because I gave him out at 14-1, to 1, and he's up to 16-1. I'm not really sure for the reason of the odds sliding, but... It's a driver-heavy course. He's the second guy, best guy off the tee um, this season, at least according to strokes gain off the tee behind Scotty Scheffler. Um, big boy course. He's top 10 in scoring at par fours longer than 480 yards. Six of his seven wins have come on bent grass greens. There's bent grass here. So he goes really well out there out west um, from Long Beach, actually, from from my hood. So he's the, got oh, the man, hometown be thing. It's going to be a tough drive for him Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine he's late to his tea time because his commute. Like, 405's backed up. <laughs> I, I couldn't hit the carpool lane. That would be hilarious. Like, Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> he stays with his parents in Long Beach like for nostalgia. And this, <laughs> this, this fool's late to the country club. That would be great. Um, I thought I'd talk to you into Cantley, but you ended up. Um, not backing him, or, or do you have him in any of your no. stuff? Yeah, I, I told you, I, I actually got a good side of the number with him. I bet him last week at eighteen to one. So what? got Where? a good on DraftKings. Oh wow, nice! I got I got him at eighteen last week. Um, I also put a future on him in the beginning of the season to win a major. So we're running out of time for that. So hopefully that happens. Uh, another that? guy, twenty-five to one. No, it was six to one. Oh, all oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. That makes Cause sense. to win any of the four tournaments. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how about your dude yeah. Xander? Cantley's homie. Yeah, I. It's kind of a Ricky Fowler for you. You love Xander. I do. I don't. I have a tiny bit of exposure on Xander. I uh, used him in that like survivor-ish pool that we're the three and done pool that we're in. Um. But I couldn't quite get there because he's in that tier. Like for pool purposes, I like Hovland a little better. And I think that that's even the head to head, I believe, is is Shoffley versus Hovland. And I think they're even. And I'm just I lean on the, the Hovland side of that. Um so I like Xander, but God, he's in that he's in the Hovland Cantley group, and I just like them a little bit better. But I I mean I like Xander. And like I said, I have a tiny bit of exposure to him. I think I may have even used him in one of my DFS lineups too. So I have a little exposure on Xander, but I, I did not outright him, if that's what you're asking. 
I was looking hard at the Victor Hovland Xander matchup, minus one ten each way on DraftKings. I might even end up making that bet. Um because I like Victor's game and I would be a little butthurt if I didn't have any money on him in some way, shape, or form. And Xander just you know, he just sucks in the majors. And you know, Victor Hovland doesn't have a major himself. Well, but Xander doesn't. No, 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 no. He doesn't no. contend. Xander, excuse me. But he always is near. Like he's a good pick for, like what we're talking about DFS pools because he's always kind of there. Like yeah. he's not going to not show. He's probably not going to win, but he also, you know, I mean, he's finished top three in the U.S. Open, the Open, and the Masters, and top ten at the PGA. So he's always sort of there. But that's the knock on Cantley too. Is like he never shows up at the majors. Even worse than than Xander because his best U.S. Open finish ever is 14th. So he would have to crack through a huge ceiling to win, and that came last year. Yeah, Xander um, finished T24 at the Memorial. Was really never in that. But after round one, I had money on him at the Memorial. After round one, um, Xander was plus five and just got right back into it with a, a minus six round two. That's kind of highlights the point that you're making. It's just like he, he can score quick. You want to talk about, you know, guys in the mate, like Hovland hasn't won a major yet, but his last three starts, he's T4, T7, T2. So three consecutive top seven finishes at, at majors for Victor Hovland. Wait, T2, where was that? Uh, I guess it would have been... At the PGA. Okay. I thought it would go PGA, Masters, and then the Open. And he yeah, did really well in the Open. Yeah, T4. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I'm with you now. I was, I flipped it. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I want money on Hovland, so I'll probably end up with the, the, the Xander matchup, even though Xander just, he does pop on my model. He's actually fourth behind Hovland on my model. So not a lot of value there, but. But Hovland did get cut, I believe, at the last year's U.S. Open. And then he withdrew the year before. So he doesn't have a lot of great U.S. Open history. That is the most ridiculous sports loss I've ever taken. That was my third tournament betting a golf, and I bet Victor Hovland in the 2021 U.S. Open. He withdrew after the second hole with San Nazai. And I just couldn't oh, like wrap my right. brain around it. I was just like, "Wait a second, what?" Like I'm like forgot looking at my account, that. like, "Wait, what? How? How did this lose? How? Wait, are you for real? Like sand? I don't know." So I'm still butthurt about it because I like his game. I mean, there isn't five better ball strikers than him, right? So, and that's you know everyone likes to bet ball strikers and. He's he's killing on the greens lately. Gained six six strokes putting at the Memorial, three at the Charles Schwab, two point six at the PGA Championship. Just playing his ass off. So I'll probably do that. But my picks: um, Cantley, Marikawa, Matsuyama, and uh, Tom Kim. And it's crazy. Like you know, Victor's known as a guy who struggles around the greens, but then you look at his scrambling in this season. He's what twenty first in scrambling. Like he's nearly a top twenty scrambler. So what? He's twenty eighth in sand saves. He's thirteenth from the rough. 
Yeah. Like his the worst part of his game statistically is putting, and he's still a positive putter. Um, in his last twenty four rounds on bent grass, he's second in this field in strokes gained putting. Look, full I, package right I, now. I love Victor Hovland to win this golf tournament. I do. I don't hate I it. Hope he does. I almost have didn't bet him because I want you to just just roll around in the Victor Hovland riches by yourself. I don't want to. I don't want to muddy no. that pool or throw Join, my stink no. in. It. Join the party, bro. The water's warm. Come on in. Plenty of room. Is he still eighteen hundred? I might have to. Yes. Yes. Just like a little fifty bucks on there. Just if he were to win, then I pretty much just break even on the tournament. He's gonna I, win, so you will. I I could do that. Um, also, I just realized that I have this in uh, the WordPress draft, but I'm taking Terrell Hatton over Rory McIlroy. So I need Ooh, Terrell Hatton spicy. and Rory McIlroy to beat John Rahm. Not feeling good about that. Not feeling good about that. Uh, but Ooh. Terrell Hatton's plus one twenty five against Rory McIlroy. And really, the only difference for their from their games currently is Rory's more famous. Actually, <laughs> Hatton's playing better. Like that's the difference, really. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever see him competing at majors, though. Maybe I'm like that's just off the top of my head. I don't know. But we can rewind back to the point where McElroy has been pretty bad in majors. Like I'm looking at. Hatton's major record now, and he hasn't finished top 10 in a major since 2019, and that was the Open. Yeah. Don't feel good about it now that you said that, but I think plus I mean, 125 is a good number, and he's killing it lately. His last three... U- oh, you're not going to like this one. His last three U.S. Opens, Tyrrell Hatton, T56, cut, cut. Yeah. I actually I was mean, familiar with that one. His game is in a better... But see, that's the thing. It's tough to do, right? Because like a, the U.S. Open's played at a different course each year. It's not like Augusta, where you either play Augusta well. And Tyrrell Hatton hates Augusta. He said it. Um, it's at a different course every year. And also, his game is in a way different place right now than it was probably for any of those tournaments, because he's playing great. But, I mean, I like Tyrrell. By all, by all accounts, he's like this super nice guy who he's only a dick to himself, which I love about him. I love that about any yeah. human. Um, High expectations. But, Nothing wrong with that. But, like, man, just never shows up at majors. Well, hopefully he changes that. Or Rory sucks, but doesn't suck as bad as John Rahm. Ah, oh, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for too many things here. But whatever. Yeah. I firmly believe Cantley, Marikawa, Matsuyama, or Tom Kim will get home. Or Victor Hovland. Those are, those are going to be my five guys. But it's more of a sprinkle on Victor Hovland. Dan, thanks for joining me. Can't wait to uh, preview the Travelers Championship with you next week and talk shit with you on Slack and via text about the U.S. Open this entire week. I think this event's going to be sick. What's crazy? What's a what's crazy thought is that it's no way going to be as good as last week's event. But hey, you can try. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for what the L.A. Country Club has in store for the the field. So. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jeffrey underscore Clark. I've been lifted. My band has been lifted. Dan, where, they can, where can they find you? Uh, all my stuff's on outkick.com, or you could hit me on Twitter at realdanzackzak. All right. Talk to you guys next week for the Travelers. Peace. Peace.